It's getting hot outside, so it's time to turn up the AC. And today you have your host, Craig. And Adrian. And we are glad that you tuned in. We're going to be discussing a number of topics today um, centered around just the everyday young American. And to first, we're going to have Adrian kick our first topic off. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, we've all been quarantined. We've all been quarantined. Um, and so that means we've been watching our TVs a lot more. Um, Kenya Barris mm-hmm. actually just released a new series on Netflix called Black AF. Sure did. And, you know, I definitely want to discuss it. So, Craig, did you get a chance to see Black AF? I did. I did. I thought it was actually very different from what we normally see on TV from uh, Black House Black House sitcoms. Um, usually it's something a little more traditional, but I think this was a bit of a switch up. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen it, um, the premise of the show is about Kenya's second oldest daughter. Her name's Drea played by Iman Benson, and she's making a documentary about her family as a part of her application to NYU's film school. So essentially, it it plays up the vibe of the show as being like a mockumentary or, you know, like a documentary of the family. Um, And it right out, like the first thing, one of the first things it tells you that the story is going to be about is about black wealth, and it's going to be ridiculous. (laughs) Um, I think something else you have to note about the show is that it is a satire. So satires were my favorite genre of going back to my high school English days. So I definitely loved Black AF for that reason. For those of you who don't know, a satire is um, essentially an exaggeration. Um, And it's to ridiculously just like prove a point, Mm. Um, especially in like the context of contemporary politics and other topical issues such as race and, you know, this circumstance. Yeah. Well... I guess get into the nitty gritty of Black AF. Um, I thought it was honestly hilarious because I'm a big fan of dry humor and awkwardness. Like, you know, like those pauses or, you know, just anything where the <laughs> the main character or any character will look into the camera and they're just really trying to let you know that what is what has occurred or what is about to occur is going to be ridiculous. What really struck me, though, was I felt like this was a version of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you guys ever seen that, but it's very similar to Black AF because the main character is playing themselves. As you know, Kenya Barris is the main character and he's the father of the family. And what I like, honestly, is that when you, when you get to the bones of Black AF, the show on Netflix, um, I was reading an article and um, it was written by Sarita McFadden. And one of her key highlights was to be black in America gives the ever present feeling that you have to explain or excuse why you're occupying spaces that are meant or feel as though they are meant solely for white people. And honestly, usually you face violence or some type of negative vibe when like you as a black person is occupying those spaces and that's not everywhere 
I mean, we know that to be true, but um, I think that the Black AF touches on that in a very humorous way. And honestly, I think it can make some people feel uncomfortable if they're, you know, not familiar with, you know, just the everyday struggle of an African-American or minority in general. But um, again, though, I thought it was extremely hilarious but I know there was a lot of controversy and criticism around the show. And maybe, Adrian, you could ex- expound upon why people felt as though there was so much controversy. Yeah, so, I mean, before I even get into my nitty-gritty about the show, I think it's really important to understand, you know, the privilege that Kenya Bears has in being able to tell his story. So, Kenya, his family, by nature... It is, I don't want to say, quote unquote, acceptable, but if you look at a spectrum of, you know, blackness, it's acceptable, you know? So even if we go back, and for those of you who don't know, Kenya Bears, his family is very light-skinned, you know? Um, I think the story of which that he's portraying of this highly successful black man who has a wife who stays at home and takes care of the kids and they are all, you know racially ambiguous I think it's very quote-unquote in right now and I think before you can talk about the show because I think there you can you know love a show and hate a show for certain things at the same time like I don't have to say oh well it wasn't black enough for it to be called black af like I get people who are saying that but at the same time like to be black is to be live in a duality kind of like space Mm -hmm. so two things can be true at the same time Um, But I do have to say that he is privileged. Like, even if you go back to looking at the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like, we all loved Aunt Viv. And the second time around, they came and casted her as someone lighter skinned, you know? Personally, that really struck a chord with me, you know, being dark skinned, like, wow, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, and Barris did, you know, um, address some of these, uh, I guess you could say, feelings people had about his family. And his whole thing, well, I actually have a tweet um, he basically said, what did he say? Let's see, let's find it. I'm not going to make up a fake family that genetically makes no sense just for the sake of trying to fill quotas. I love my people, he wrote, and everything I does reflects that love. But to cast people like some kind of skin color all-star game would actually do more harm than good. Oh. Now, that tweet has since been deleted. However, he did tweet it at some point, and that is how he feels. He feels that those look like his kids. And this is, you know, arguably about his family, and that's what his family looks like. That's what, you know, he knows and everything. And I feel like that in itself, though, is a privilege, and that's great. Tell your story. Now, we can get into some of the things I did love about the sitcom. I think it did portray issues in the Black community, you know? And I feel like we can highlight three of the great topics. The first was the wardrobe. The second is that everything is about slavery. And I feel like I say this so much, like literally everything we do has to do with slavery. Like if you don't know that, go like read a book or something. Due to the fact that that is our basically introduction into America. Exactly. Everything roots back to slavery. And then parenting, you know, a lot of people had a lot of really bad things to say about the parenting. So Craig, what do you think about how the kids were speaking to their parents in the... Honestly... I mean, me being me, I don't come from a family of quote-unquote privilege. Uh, And usually, you know, when you're in that environment, you know, 
the rules are a bit more lax because usually money will make up for lack of discipline or lack of something else. But from a entertainment perspective, I really felt like it was funny because you have this young person being able to call their dad a dick or an asshole and the mother and the father at times were a little bit irresponsible like they were doing molly at a at coachella like i think that's hilarious like of course like for entertainment purposes i think that's great now as far as it being realistic no like you want attentive parents you want parents that require you to respect them because if you don't respect your parents you're not going to respect anyone else in everyday life and when it comes to teachers bosses co-workers peers you're just going to lack that just fundamental ability to just show that you can be humble and hold your tongue in the right setting. Um, but but I feel like that goes back to the nature of the show. It's a satire. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be realistic. It's an exaggeration. And Kenya actually said um, he wanted his kids to have the same sort of freedoms and nuances that white parents have allowed. And I'm sure both of us have seen, you know, families who may act like that. They just don't look like us. Yeah. So this is my problem with that, though. You want your family to have the same type of privileges that, like, you know, white families have. But your kids are not white. (laughs) So at the end of the day, you need to teach them how to behave to make sure that they can make it to see the next day. As dramatic as that sounds, we all know kids aren't making it from one day to the next due to environmental reasons, systematic um, oppression, all that stuff. But like, let's just say you are in a position of privilege. That's even more reason why you need to teach someone how to behave or because you're going to be in spaces where you're going to be the only minority, the only brown or black person. So you're going to have to know how to like communicate and talk to people so that you don't get profiled or lose out on an opportunity or don't get that business card. So I think that that just kind of heightens it for me because... But what about the fact that it's satire? Yeah. So that's what, so that's where the entertainment piece of it is great. Like, I I think that it was so funny because like, I, I enjoy like just random banter like these long soliloquies of like you know or just someone being smart like walking away in the middle of their conversation walking off camera i think all that stuff is amazingly hilarious but if we talk about like the realism of it like it's just it just doesn't it doesn't correlate because you can't get away with that stuff now i will say for all all intents and purposes on the show the kids look like they have the ability to like function well and like you know, like public settings with everyone. But um, if we're just relating it to like the everyday American, I'm pretty sure I don't think anybody would be okay with that parenting. Yeah, of course not. Um, Something else that was a very large topic on the show was definitely um, the main character, King of Aris's wardrobe, Mm. oftentimes wearing $4,000 tracksuits. The costume designer actually said that they wanted everything he was wearing to be limited limited Mm. edition yeah i mean that makes sense i mean i was familiar with a lot of the brands that kenya was wearing but i'm not gonna lie to you a few of those designs are not open to the public like 
Like, I don't think there's a lot of them being released. Yeah, and that was the whole point of it. You know, they wanted to show, or his main character feels the need to show that he can wear this limited edition stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that speaks to everything's about slavery. Going back to how the only time black people were allowed to get dressed up was on Sundays and like, you know, get in their Sunday best. And that's when, you know, they would be able to, you know, feel like they were accepted, you know, like white people would be like, oh, yeah, this is my, you know, insert in word here. And they would feel quote unquote proud or, you know, something like that. But like Sunday best is like a very huge thing in the African-American community. And you're wearing a $4,000 tracksuit, a $5,000 chain, you know, $5,000 shoes. I'm trying too hard. You're trying too hard or you're a rapper. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a football player. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if you don't dress nice, you're a bum. If you do dress nice, you're either a rapper or a football player or a scammer, you know? So where's the in-between? And that goes back to my earlier point. The, how I kicked off um, quoting Sarita, you always have that feeling that you have to explain or excuse why you're doing something or why you're occupying a space or why you're wearing something. There's a scene, I think I think it's actually the first episode where um, Kenya Barris has a brand new car. It's a sports car. And it's not even like, it's not even like a Ferrari or anything. It's like a version of an Acura, right? I mean, but I think it's meant to look like a Ferrari. I mean, he could afford it if he wanted it, but I think he just (laughs) wants to, like, you know, he wanted something different. But basically, like, the scene basically, like, depicts Kenya feeling um, almost guilty for having something nice and his counterpart um, kind of adding fuel to the fire and guilting him, like, oh, you have this car. Wow, I wish I had your life. And then it turns into almost like, hey, man, like, enjoy that car. (laughs) Oh, and hey, nice chain. Like, you know, like making it a point to like comment about his chain or whatever, you know, just to like maybe nudge him like, hey, man, like, (laughs) I see you trying hard or like good for you, like in a condescending way. Like, let's even go back to when we were in Detroit Mm. and I think we were just going to get some food at an MGM or something. And, you know, we both obviously look nice. And the first thing the security guard asked was, oh, don't you play for the Lions? So it's like the assumption that you yeah. are a football or like an athlete because yeah. you look nice and you have, you know, a beautiful woman with you. Yeah, that did happen. Um, and I guess to be more specific to your question, I feel a certain way about myself. I, I have a certain inner you know, of course, we call it self-esteem. But, like, I look at myself as a prestigious person, not only, not not just because of what I have accomplished, but because of what I want to accomplish. It's almost like a mindset. It's a mentality. You can have nothing and still feel and be prestigious and carry yourself prestigiously. Like, that is how you should be. But, um, I mean, I've never really honestly internalized it to the point where, well, actually, maybe there have been a few moments where they're just like, oh, how did you get here? And, you know, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. Like maybe they're just not used to being exposed to a minority who has done well for themselves because usually you surround yourselves with like p- people that are like you. But it's 2020. 
Yeah, and that's true. And you can't, and these days it's hard to avoid, but there are circles like that that still exist. Like, for instance, Donald Trump and who's the guy that was very similar to him, but, but was running as a Democrat that spent millions of dollars? Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg. Those two guys run in very similar circles. And honestly, I don't think they come across a lot of minorities in their circle because, and they were very familiar with each other, almost making inside jokes about each other to the public that we didn't understand. Like, so I still think circles like that still exist, but to your point, 2020, as a minority, you just have to be prepared for it and just, just be able to handle yourself like you're supposed to be in the room. And But see, that's something that like I have an issue with, you know? I really do. And this is getting a little off kilter. We didn't this isn't scripted. This is, you know, <laughs> off subject. But I'm very passionate Turn about up the AC. <laughs> I'm very passionate about our education system. And something that I think our public education system lacks is a great history system, you know, like that's real. How much do we learn about black history? How much do we really learn about slavery? You know, and I feel like as African-Americans, you know, we know our history or we should know our history. Some people don't. but That's, you know, we should we know our history. And, you know, my parents made it a point to teach me my history. But can we say the same about other races? You know, and I feel like America is trying to go through this time where oh we don't see color color doesn't exist like oh no don't make that joke no make that joke and then tell me why it's offensive you know like let's have a conversation like tying it back to black af like at least it's opening the door to have a conversation you know like let's bring it to the forefront like because people aren't having these conversations at home you know like or with their friends who may be a different race but like and it's definitely not being taught in schools you know like at the very at the very least america has never said slavery was wrong ever and if you say you don't see color that means you're disrespecting me as an african-american woman because if you don't see color then you think that me and someone who's not a minority were born into the same walk of life and we weren't you know there are systematic things in place like our country was built on slaves so my country was built thinking that i was three-fifths of a person you know like on the backs of free labor so to say that like oh we're we're on the same page now like no we're not we're not on the same playing field it's not even like I was I'm already like 30 feet under the ground when when you're on level playing ground and I have to be twice as good to catch up to where you are, you know. So if you're, you know, not a minority or if you honestly, if you aren't black, <laughs> you don't get it. And I feel like you need to like we need a better education system to really like go into those types of conversations because people aren't having them. You really turned up the AC on that one. So We hope the audience enjoyed and we hope you guys stay tuned in and just have peace and have love and that you relax. Let me start by saying sorry. Some days I take your time for granted. You could be the star in my universe. 
Just took time to plan it Told me secrets you ain't wanna Trust is big for you That's why I'm keeping it a hundred 